0: So one that I have that I have folks say to themselves in the morning is, I am discovering my individual strengths. I will be kind to myself and others. I will challenge my mind and body. I will not pass judgment. I believe in me. Oh, that's beautiful. So those are pieces that when you say them,
1: Hi, I'm Michelle Jones, host of the new podcast, Live Less Afraid. I'm a mom and a Grammy and a wife. And I like to say I'm a little bit country and a little bit rock and roll because I grew up in the city, but I spent 25 years in a small town. But there's something else about me that a lot of people don't know. I also fight fear and anxiety and self-doubt. If you fight these same issues and feel stuck, and want motivation and direction and discover what your purpose is, then this podcast is for you. On every episode, we'll discuss how our thoughts and beliefs hold us back. We'll hear from people who have overcome and we'll hear their stories. And we'll also talk about the most important relationship, the one we have with ourselves. When we work to let go of limiting beliefs, and get out of our own heads, and get out of our own way, you'll be amazed at what you can accomplish. But I also want to hear from you too. I want to know what the roadblocks are. What resources do you need? And what's the thing that lights you up inside? And what's holding you back from embracing it? We'll figure that out here together. On today's show, I'm excited to have one of my good friends all the way from the East Coast. She's wicked funny and knows firsthand what it's like to grow up with crippling anxiety. Today, she's found what works for her and is here to share her story with us. She's the founder of Your Next Step and has been providing motivational insight to groups and clients for years, Maria shares her journey of living with anxious thoughts that once limited her every day to now facing each day with a smile. Today, her passion is to inspire and motivate others. Please join me in
0: welcoming Maria home. Thank you so much, Michelle. I appreciate you inviting me to be a part of this very awesome broadcast of your podcast. Thank
1: you. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you here and just grateful for our friendship and uh, just growing together on this journey. And I love talking to you. Your energy always lifts the room. Um, So Maria,
0: thank you so much.
1: Yeah, no problem. Yeah, of course. Why don't you tell me um, a little bit more about you and what is your why?
0: Ooh, excellent question. We're diving right in, right off the start. We
1: are. We're going to go
0: right for it. You know me. (laughs) Let's do it. Let's do it. And I think there's something great about that because there's something very genuine for sure. So I would say, as you mentioned, the why for me is I feel having gone through something that just felt so dark and scary, I can help others at that time. Mm -hmm. So to back up, I was a very anxious child, didn't know it that it had a name as anxious or whatnot, but just always fretful and timid and scared and and all of that. And then fast forward to my teens and in my early 20s and into my 30s and just having very, very anxious times. Um, it was actually at one point after um, a break-in of our home, that my anxiety just went what I call through the roof and I remember specifically uh, my children were probably like third grade and seventh grade at the time and I wanted to make sure they were okay with it all emotionally so I was right there and attentive and we wrote nasty letters and we did all these things that I wanted to make sure they would be okay and not scared And then once that was fine and I knew they were okay, I totally had, in hindsight now, a breakdown. And I remember sitting on the front porch with my husband and I said, I just can't do it anymore. I can't be a mom. My body was just very anxious. I was weak. I just didn't know what was happening. Um, Started hyperventilating, all of that. I didn't know what panic attacks were at that level and whatnot so kind of went on this path and journey of just kind of curling up and being crippled not going out places not doing things just was frightened to be frightened mm-hmm. away from my home wow. and my home had now been broken into and was not my safe place so i felt i had nowhere mm-hmm. so it was a really really dark time in figuring things out and thank goodness my husband at you know, said to me at the time, he's like, we're going to figure it out. Yeah. When you're in it, I mean, you know, live less afraid journey that you're doing. It's, it's, you're in it and you think this is my life now. And I couldn't get my head above water to see that this was just a, a part of the way things work. Like autopilot. Yes. And do you know, to be honest with you, Michelle, at first, We were like, you know, I went to the hospital, they thought I was having some kind of reaction to something, and then it was finally, they said, you know, okay, her heart's fine, her lungs are fine, all of this stuff, and when we started talking about it, and I told them about the break, they're like, at the hospital, they said, you're having a panic attack, Yeah, and I was just like, oh, wow, so then kind Is of that like
1: really like a, a, like a surprise to you. I mean, you like, did that finally like connect the dots for you yes. after all of these years of like feeling a little anxious, but not really having a name for it, feeling kind of timid. And then this life altering event
0: happens. Absolutely. And they, they're like, and they're like, like you're like, what? I'm like I'm having the what now? And then I would start thinking back to different things like, you know, that I would be so nervous about and I would get very calculated, but I didn't have a sense at that point. My body physically would do something different. I would be my thoughts, but my throat was closing up. I was hyperventilating. I couldn't breathe. I never understood anxiety and panic To be a physical feeling. Yeah. For me, I just didn't. And that may sound ridiculous to some or an aha moment for others, but it's my truth. I just didn't have that connection of what it was. Oh, yeah. So I I was that
1: there's a lot of people who um, live with those physical characteristics and don't identify what they are until they, a moment like what you said happens. Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. When you're like, is there a pamphlet or something?
0: Like, what <laughs> <time?"> <laughs> I didn't get this handout. Wait a minute. Um, so, but you know, there wasn't this magic button of, okay, let's flip the switch and now she'll be fine. I remember being curled up for months. I would be able to like drive my kids to school, but I would come home, I would just be on the couch curled up. I wasn't functioning. Yeah. And it was just really hard and really scary. And then, you know, we got to a part as a family, like, can't really continue like this. And that's when I did the seeing a therapist, did the medication route, did kind of what I needed to do from the medical profession to kind of get me to a point that it would allow me to have a break with it.
1: Yeah. And then it so was... Before you go further yeah. on that, I want to take you back just a second, though, to... Like you go to the doctor and they tell you you're having a panic attack. And yet you're like, you're so in it at that moment that you're not even in a place yet where you can take the next step and looking at your healing journey and start figuring out your strategies for living with it. Right. You're right.
0: You're absolutely right. And I had the takeaway feeling of, Oh, it's a panic attack. There's nothing else they can do send you home kind of thing and like kind of this floundering peace yes. but physically ill i mean i was physically ill i would wake up in the middle of the night and the room would be spinning and i would be
1: oh, you know wow. sick
0: and didn't know so it really like had to break the cycle somehow. Mm -hmm. And for me, I then, you know, agreed to see a therapist and, you know, we tried medication and and it gave me a bit of a break that there was just a little bit of time where I could think a little more clearly and be receptive. Do you know what I mean? I do.
1: And I want to talk for a minute about therapy because I'm a big fan of therapy too, you know, talk Mm -hmm. therapy. And and I think um, mental health, you know, has such a stigma around it. Right. Like, you know, you're like, Oh, I went to therapy, you know? And like, there's some people that you don't even want to tell like, but, um, today, like, I just feel like if somebody asks me,
0: like, how did you get so far in this journey? I'm like, girl, I went to therapy. (laughs) Absolutely. And I'm thrilled to see that there is so much more awareness around it now. I mean, heck, look, you know, May was, you know, mental health awareness month and there's different focuses on it now. And it kind of can be like raising the hand and saying, yep, that's what I needed. That's what I did. Um, so so that was the path. And then I started coupling that with realizing I wanted to see what parts I could figure out. And I was just like, I'm going to dive in and do this. So that's kind of what I did. I kind of started, um, I would journal, like, creatively journal. So like with collaging and things like that, because I realized that would kind of distract me yes. and I could focus just on that. Um, and then I started realizing like I could take tiny steps towards making something different. Oh. And sometimes it was like literally not wanting to get out of bed and be like, girl, just take this step and sit up in bed. Just sit yeah. up in bed because so I wanted, wanted to just kind of harness it in a way that I could say, look at what you did. You know, a lot of self-talk, a lot of negative self-talk for years. So I decided I needed to turn that around and call myself out on it. Um, so so it's like, you know, let's just take a half a step. So, you know, let's just sit up today. I want to just sit up for this little bit. And I, I I really believe that we can build momentum, Mm -hmm. which builds motivation towards getting my own breakfast towards whatever that would be. Um, and then there was a motivation that came with it. So I like to kind of say momentum builds motivation for me. Mm, Yeah. You know, I then started doing like so many different things. And then I started having this feeling of, I would, chat with friends and I would always kind of have this barrier of not saying, oh, I have anxiety or I suffer from anxiety. But I was, once I started functioning again, I would be the PTO mom. I would be doing all of these things, but it was on this like Uber level of, okay, just fake it, just fake it, just fake it. And that wasn't any better over time. Like I was okay. I was out and about, but I wasn't fulfilled in a way that felt like I was doing it in a healthy way. Mm. I would just be on the go, go, go and not dealing with anything. So then I realized, you know what? I really need to um, have more of a hands-on with what I'm going to do to make a difference. And that's kind yeah. of what started my emotional toolkit that I decided that I was going to put together.
1: Oh, that's awesome and I one of the things that you have taught me um and I'm glad you brought up the toolkit was um the part about playing and being creative um and I just love that because I think um it is a way right to step out of Absolutely. yourself for a moment if you yeah. can just play and have fun um yes. That is all really good stuff. And I think that's part of what you do with your emotional toolkit,
0: right? It is. It is. So when I'm chatting with clients and stuff, we put together something that's specific for them. If it's someone who particularly has always enjoyed, you know, coloring or Play-Doh or whatever, as a child, I'll say, you know, let's do some of those. So there's the tangible pieces. And then also in the emotional toolkit is having answers at the ready. So for some people who have a hard time saying no to something, they say yes to the PTO cupcakes. They say yes to this and that and Aunt Shirley and, and just everything. So one of the things that I'll say to folks is, you know what? Have it the ready like, oh, thank you for thinking of me for that, but I'm just not able to. Or something like, oh, I'm, I'm really glad you asked me, but I'm going to have to check my calendar. We don't have to give an answer right away, and if we know that ahead of time when people asking us to commit to do something or whatever, if we can kind of give ourselves that buffer Mm -hmm. and we don't have to explain ourselves, we don't have to say, oh, I'd like to, but I just don't have the time Oh, it's not a match. Thanks for thinking of me, but it's not a match. Yeah. And then carry on. Like we don't need to take on additional stuff that we're going to then try to figure out. Sure. Um, so that's definitely um, in the emotional toolkit, having different answers at the ready for things. Um, I say the same thing if someone is in a conversation with someone and the other person says something that really either hurts your feelings, doesn't feel good, and you just kind of like take it in and you know you're letting it marinate or whatever. I say, have it the ready, like, um, Pang, did you mean for that to hurt me? Like kind of just call them out. And I'll say that to someone and they'll be like, that's not what I meant at all. I said, oh, just want you to know that's how it landed here.
1: It's I think that's interesting too though, because um I love that idea, but I wonder if some of our listeners might struggle with with being able to have the courage to say that to somebody. So um, maybe talk just briefly about how you got the courage. And I also think it might be important to say, to share with our listeners, um, like how that feels in your body, right? Because, you know, the first time you do it, the first time you stand up for yourself or the first time you draw a line in the sand, um, or say no to something that you've always said, oh. no to. there's definitely some feelings that come up for you. And even sometimes a physical reaction, if you're somebody who struggles with
0: anxiety um, or social anxiety. Yeah, absolutely. So to your point, um, to just back up a little bit, absolutely. So for me to get to the point to say, oh, Peg, did you meet her? oh yeah, there was a lot of stuff before that of feeling that uncomfortable and I can't say it and whatnot. So I'm glad you brought that piece up because it's not something that can be easily said. And I certainly had, you know, I fast forwarded it to share that part. But folks need to know that you need to be true to yourself, know thyself and kind of figure that piece out. (laughs) Peace out. So the... um, (laughs) (laughs) so absolutely there's that physical piece of maybe having an interaction with someone and feeling that oh your feelings would just hurt and you kind of like just take it on and take it on and it just feels horrible i know for me that i have like um
1: I have a like a physical body reaction sometimes when I know I need to stand up for myself and I know it's gonna be hard or it's gonna feel awkward to say to somebody, like, mm, that didn't land well with me. Um, I actually physically feel it in my body, even still sometimes, you know, it's definitely less than it used to be. Um, but I just want to share with our listeners, you know that. Uh, I don't want to downplay that, that it's hard to do what we're saying to do, but that, you know, with time and practice and support, um, you know, you can uh, build these skills and you can um, be in a place where, you know, you're supported uh, both kind of on the inside through your, yep. your own self-love and self-worth and then by the people around you uh, yes. to, to stand up for yourself in situations where you need to
0: Absolutely. And I think one that can be a helpful way in the process of figuring that out is picturing for yourself how you would like that to be. So creating a scenario yourself when you're just having mindful time or quiet time or whatever, and envision, I would like to be able to stand up and speak my feelings and whatnot. And kind of just having that in the mirror moment of, you know, and it's awesome. I have this um, great affirmation. So one that I have that I have folks say to themselves in the morning is I am discovering my individual strengths. I will be kind to myself and others. I will challenge my mind and body. I will not pass judgment. I believe in me. Oh, that's beautiful. Those are pieces that when you say them, sometimes they don't all like feel believable or doable, but you're hearing them and you're seeing them. And I remember for me, I will challenge my mind and body. Well, that might be the getting out of bed. I'm not saying compare yourself to Judy who, you know, that means run a mile, you know, for me, it's getting up and brushing my teeth. So so kind of having those affirmation moments and envisioning the strength you want to have in yourself can be some of these steps towards actually being able to say it to someone at some point. So we yeah, kind of do like some vision. Yeah.
1: I think also what's important, um, what, I'm, what comes to my mind when you when you talk about that affirmations thing is, yeah, sometimes it is awkward to stand in the mirror and tell yourself, I, I love you and you're strong and you can do this. Um, But that is such a good practice to get into. And the funny thing is, is it really shouldn't be hard, right? And I think that when it is hard, if it feels hard for you today, listeners, then do yourself a favor and go do it some more.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, the thing is, when I, you know, will suggest this to a client, sometimes they're like, oh, I say, okay, stand in front of the mirror, but look down. And that's the first couple of days. And the next day is look up and do it. Like things can be broken down into steps mm-hmm. and still have that ability to push yourself beyond the comfort zone. Yeah, so if sure. just reading it is going to feel funny to even hear yourself saying it out loud, well, you start with doing it, not looking in the mirror or, yeah. you know, whatever. So if folks can kind of keep in mind, let me figure out tinier steps. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So Maria, uh, tell me more about light and levity and what they mean to you.
0: I love light and levity. So one of the things for me when I was just kind of having what I'd call that dark time and things were heavy, um, I realized that there wasn't laughter in my day to day. I wasn't necessarily feeling in that direction. So as I was starting to explore and on my journey and different things, I would do things that kind of I felt added lightness and levity so sometimes just going outside with my phone and taking pictures of different flowers up close like just being in that moment something of lightness you know um I find writing uh in a gratitude journal and doing like three or four a day so Mm -hmm. things that can add lightness um things that just make our heart feel like there's this little flutter of that's not the heavy, (laughs) that's not the dark. (laughs) Um, So I've got like this whole list of them that I love to share and do. And one of the things that I've discovered is when we're really kind of struggling with um, whether it be anxiety or a difficult decision or a difficult family member or whatnot, if we can just kind of remove it from ourselves and do something for someone else that brings them joy. And what I mean by that is I will sit and write a letter to an aunt that I haven't seen in a bit or whatever. And as I'm writing a letter and saying, auntie, do you remember when we used to do this? Or pick up the phone and call someone who you just haven't spoken with in a while. Something that's just gonna lighten up their day. And it really comes right back to us. I mean, I've been known when I'm paying my bills and I still write out some checks. Um, I'll put a little post-it note because, you know, the person opening the mail at the other end, you know, they could get, you know, kind of bored with their job. So I'll have like little post-it notes in there. Hey, have a great day. You know, oh, it, I love that. So, so cute. I just keep post-it notes. I've also done like post-it notes. Of course, this was pre-COVID, but I would like be in a store and I'd have some ready, like smile, have a great day. And I'd leave them on items, box of cereal. I'd be going by. And then I'd like stand around the corner and watch someone Um, in the restrooms of like a restaurant. I'd leave it on the mirror. Wow. You're looking great today. And it was just like this silly thing that I would do that would just be silly for me, but yet I felt like it was just kind of someone else going, oh, that's so quirky and fun. But it was a little bit of, little bit of not heavy for them,
1: you know? I'm so beautiful. And I just love
0: you even more knowing <sighs> that you do that. <laughs> yes. You know, next time you're going through a toll booth, pay for the person behind you and then watch as they start, you know, because they'll go up to the booth, they don't have to put money in and then they, coming down and you just look in there waving like thank you we did with that with our kids when we would travel to maine yeah and it was just cute stuff so i love doing that in the
1: in the like to drive through, like the coffee drive through yes. places, paying it forward, you know, just yes. pay for a few cars behind you um, and just Absolutely. know that you're making their day. So a minute ago, you were talking about um, writing letters and writing notes. And I think that's yes. a really good uh, segue into uh, a story you told me about receiving a letter. Yes. Um, and I'd love you to
0: tell the audience
1: about the, uh, the sprinkles story as we're calling it. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Well, you know, sprinkles, it has been a word on my journey within specifically the last, I'd say three or four months where looking to sprinkle joy in people's day, looking to sprinkle kindness. And I, and I have just been using, this, I just feel it's fun. I have some words that I just feel are, are fun words, you know, like serendipity and, you know, different things like that. So sprinkle has been one for like the last six months. So about a month ago, I was receiving our mail. I opened it up and it said to the family of, and it said our address and I open it up, and it's pictures from the 1920s of our home. So our home is 310 years old. Woo! And we've always just loved but wanting history on the house. So we open this piece of paper and it's pictures of our home from like the 1920s and it just felt like wonderful and as i start reading through it's a woman and she says hi you know um i'm chatting with my dad he's going to be 103 years old in may and he lived in your home from 1923 to 1945 and these are some pictures and it was just absolutely wonderful So then I'm putting things back in the envelope and I look and the return address says sprinkle her name. Her last name is sprinkle. And then it just felt to me like it was a meant to be. I was just like, someone is sprinkling to us. So we, it was a God wink. Absolutely. So then I quickly emailed her because she put her email address in there. And I said, do you think your dad would zoom with us. And she's like, Oh my gosh, he would love that. So we had the opportunity to chat with someone who is in this room that I'm sitting in right now in Massachusetts, that he used to be in this house. And I was so thrilled because what if they hadn't taken the time to send the letter to us? Mm -hmm. There's now such joy in my heart. I have this video of chatting with this gentleman who lived here before there was a road in front of our house. It's absolutely wonderful. And to make the story even more special, his granddaughter lives only 20 miles from us. She's coming over Saturday to meet us, to bring us the actual pictures. And she wants to walk in the home that her grandfather and great-great-grandfather and
1: sprinkle oh, their name, sprinkle. Is, Sprinkled. Sprinkled? is that I, just the best? It's, and I just like it. it's kind of a loop back, you know. um Our one of our mentors, Kathy Heller, talks about that, right? Like always be generous, yes. ABG, like always be giving, and and you just do yes. wherever you go, you leave post-it notes on the cereal aisle, uh, and totally. then out of the blue, you get this letter from this yes. lady who's going to sprinkle on you now. And this exactly. You know, and this lovely girl's coming to your house this weekend. And, you know, you know it you
0: just, open your door and share, it's just beautiful. And I, and I love, I love stories it. Work out like that. Absolutely. I do too. I'm so glad you brought that up because it's just something that I feel like there are these moments that you don't know they're going to happen. But if you keep your heart and mind open, mm-hmm. you just look for them. Like I love finding hearts in different things. So whether it's like, you know, rocks or in the clouds or whatever, when you start looking, you're going to find more. So I think that goes back to the question you asked, what's this with this lightness and levity? For me, it's essential to have lightness and levity because it allows my brain to think, yeah, things are going okay. She's steady on right now. Um, As opposed to if there was this heaviness of, oh my goodness, I've got to do this. I've got to do that. Then that's how I receive the information. Yeah. So there's definitely this back and forth, and it's never always wonderful and it's never always terrible. And I think we have to know that there's going to be these ebbs and flows and at different oh, times. Good stuff. And that I think was the biggest thing. And, and you know, back to the question of why I feel like I went through that time that was very, very difficult so that I could then share it with others now and say, hey, I've got you. Let me take your hand and guide you through this and share with you bits and pieces that I have done that have just made a world of difference. And like it's on a buffet table. I can put it out there, pick and choose what works. And then people start sharing their stories. Oh, you know what I do when I'm really anxious and people, you know, I just love the feeling of we're here for each other.
1: I love that, too. I just think it's so beautiful. And I really believe that it's because your spirit is so generous and you're always looking for ways to sprinkle your joy everywhere that that just came right back to you like a boomerang.
0: you know Uh, thank you it it feels wonderful it it really does and it then brings people into your lives like yourself you and I have connected in a way that we feel very connected because there's similar kinds of things and as we spread that like that ripple effect Mm -hmm. and then you have more and more people that are just kind of feeling that lightness and feeling the insight that people share yeah we're not meant to go through stuff alone, you know? Yeah. And I know
1: earlier uh, we talked a little bit too about God winks and, you know, I have my little theory about God winks and God nods and God nudges. Um, and I think, you know, when you are kind of in that space for your, like expecting miracles, expecting great things to come into your life, that your lens does change and you do see things differently. Um And I still think, you know, that's not to say that if you ignore those winks that, you know, you might not get a nod and then maybe a nudge or there may be a shove even from, you know, God or the universe. Um, But I think it's important to pay attention to those things Um, and, and just be open to seeing them be open to receiving them again, you know, your whole like sprinkle story was just this word you had that was just floating yes. around. And then yeah. it's like the next thing, you know, you're getting mail from somebody. <laughs> and it's sprinkle on it. I'm I, like, How does that even happen? It's just, you know, absolutely you can, you can't ignore the alignment of the universe when stuff like that happens. Absolutely. So, you know, when something's right, it's right. And, and I know for me, I always, um, you know, I lost my mom in 2013. And, um, you know, my mom and grandmother always had a really affinity for hummingbirds. And I Uh feed the hummingbirds. So they're always around. But uh, I think I shared this story with you that I was on a call with um, someone I was looking to collaborate with. And I was really just feeling like we were connecting and that this was going to be a great collaboration. And I look up outside my window and literally there's a hummingbird, like right next to the window, like right up into the glass. Oh, "Oh, that must be like confirmation for me that this is what I'm feeling right now. That This is great.
0: Um, absolutely.
1: And I don't know if you had a story too, that you wanted to share about, when something feels right or not. Uh, I'm
0: trying to think. I, I do try yeah. to keep myself very open to those thoughts and um, be aware. I'm trying to think off the top of my head, I can't think of one at the moment. I feel like the sprinkle one for me. The sprinkle was one. Just, I don't even know how you top that, right? You no, know, uh. that was just, <laughs> you know, just meant to be, you know, and I do have moments that we've actually had um, here in this house that have been, cause we've often felt like there's like these wonderful spirits in the house kind of just around mm. us and, and keeping an eye. And it's that kind of thing where um, we had an incident where several years ago, my husband overslept to get to the airport and he would not have made it cause his alarm didn't go off, but a timer on the stove went off, which how could that, cause it, back in the day, but like, Timers would only go for an hour. It was a stove we didn't use. It was in a part of the house that, because again, the house is 310 years old. So we weren't really in a bedroom. We were sleeping in a different area. Um, and we woke to hear this sound and we're like, what is it? What is it? And he realized his alarm hadn't gone off and he would have missed it to the airport. Oh. We had never used the stove. So we're like, thank you. <laughs> you know, so it's like that kind of thing. Yeah. Just kind of being aware, you know, it's like um, green lights and parking spots.
1: Right. Yes. Absolutely. absolutely. Happened to me the other day I was on my way somewhere and I was a little bit behind and I hit this green light and I was just like, oh, Thank you so
0: much. I really needed that right now. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. No, it's pretty awesome when you can start to notice different things. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, I hear you.
1: Oh, Maria, this has been such a great time. Thank you so much for being here today. And before we close, um, I wondered if maybe you could leave us with just one thought um, that's maybe on your mind that you want the listeners to
0: um, remember. Yeah, Um, I think one thing is, you know, don't fear the fear. I think fear is something, and we all know that can limit it, um, our thoughts. Thoughts are not always facts. Mm -hmm. So kind of release the resistance and just allow to take a breath, to take a moment and ask for help when you need it. So much easier said than done, but there are ways to kind of just say, "I'm struggling here," Mm -hmm. and don't fear the fear because it's going to be okay. Yeah, it really is. Several years ago, I had a tattoo put on my wrist that said "Yes," and it was my saying "Yes" to life and "No" to fear. Oh, and I needed that reminder. So I say to folks: make the decision to make a change if you need to with your own mental health or needing to add more lightness and levity exactly Um, there's things you can do and it can be tiny steps
1: yep and you know realizing that when you feel that feeling of fear you know or anxiety and it's you know not the crippling kind because I feel like that's a little bit different but when you feel that fear you know, you can say, "Oh, hi, hi, friend. How are you? Can you just yeah. maybe scoot yeah. over to the passenger side, or maybe jump yeah. in the back seat?" Because I kind of am going to go ahead and lean into this anyway, even
0: though yeah. I, I know you're here. but It's all right. I got yes. this. <laughs> yes, and yes, and just kind of just try and release it. For me, I have two visuals for that. One is like a kite, and I'm holding on to it, and. And then, if it's going to be something that's anxious that's not going to I just I'm gonna just release it and let it just fly away. So the visual for me is releasing it. It's no longer fun. So when I'm playing with a kite and it's fun, if something's feeling not good, I'm gonna just release it, and I'm not holding on to that. That's a good one. And the other thing is waves at the at the shoreline. the shore, is there, the water will come in, it will go out, it takes a little bit of sand with it, it takes a little bit of sand out. So for our feelings when they're anxious and unsettled, they'll come and they'll go and we kind of ride the waves and it'll be okay. So for me, the shoreline is just kind of one of my visuals.
1: Hmm. Oh yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you for leaving us with
0: that. Okay, before we go, tell us where we can find you. Sure. So I am on Instagram where I post different motivational things and sometimes quirky things, sometimes things that I'm playing with, who knows. Um, And that is at mhome, and that's home with an L, dot your next step. And my, uh, let's see, website is yournextstepguide.com. And then I've just started a Facebook page where I'm kind of throwing some fun stuff on there and sometimes some tips and techniques and you can just go onto Facebook and it's your next step with Maria home. And, and I want to spell your
1: last name for people. It's H O L M E. So right. that's if they're looking for you to, yep. to go make sure they include that when
0: they're searching. Absolutely. Absolutely. Michelle, thank you so much for inviting me on. This was wonderful.
1: Yes, it was a joy to have you. I just feel like you're my soul sister from the East Coast and so glad we had this time together.
0: Absolutely, me too. My life is richer because of it, so thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for joining
1: me today, guys. I hope this supports you on your journey to live less afraid. Here's your takeaways. Number one, momentum builds motivation. Number two, envision the strength you want to have for yourself. Number three, when it's hard or scary, go do it some more. Number four, ABG, always be generous. Leave post-it notes on the cereal aisle or pay it forward in some way and wait for that to come back to you. Number five, expect good things to come into your life and your lens will change. How you see things will change. Number six, don't fear the fear. Fear can limit our thoughts. Thoughts are not facts. Go ahead and release the resistance and just allow yourself to take a moment, take a breath, and if you need to, ask for help. And finally, say yes to life and no to fear. If you liked this episode and this content resonated with you, great. If you were like, wow, that just makes so much sense, then I want you to tell your friends about it. I want everyone to hear this message. If you liked it, subscribe to us on whatever platform you found me on and show me some love by leaving a review and rating the show. I'd be so over the moon to have you here following me. Go find me at livelessafraid.com and see what I'm up to there. Come on over to Facebook and like my page, leave me a comment or get into my private group. That would be awesome. Share with me what you want me to talk about what your pain points are and where I can meet you. Tell me what fears or challenges you're trying to overcome. And if you'd like to be a guest on this show, call me at 971 266 3272 Or you can email me at Michelle with one L at livelessafraid.com. Tell your friends, share the love, let's see if we can help other people live less afraid too embrace their best selves, and generally just kick ass at life. That was such a blast. Thanks for listening. I answer all my messages, and I'd love to hear what you thought about today's episode. Bye.